Network. This is Caribbean Power Lunch. Today is Quick Bite Saturday. <laughs> I am your host, Kevin Valley, and joining me today, we have our favorite branding expert, Miss Jamila Bannister. Jamila! Um, big up, big up. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing, Jamila? We've seen you all over our feed. That's great. That's great. I am excellent, actually. And the fact that you are seeing me all over your feed means I'm doing my job. <laughs> right, right. You're consistent with your branding. Exactly. So I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So last time we spoke to you was a few months ago. So tell us what's been happening from then to now. I know you were on the cusp of, um, of doing your Sip and Strategize event. Yes. Well, uh, my Sip and Strategize event took place twice since then, once per month. But um, I have since revamped that. So I can tell you a little bit about how I'm doing that now. So in the last couple of months, I have changed a lot of things about the way I engage with uh, people. And it's been a growing uh, exercise for me because as much as I work to help entrepreneurs and mainly small to medium businesses, I am also a small business. So as much as I work on others, I also work on myself. Right, of course. So in in terms of me applying um, knowledge to other people, I am always my first testing ground. So because of that, I have changed a lot of things. So for example, I changed the and strategize because I realized with that, the advantage of it is really a chance to meet people. And you know, in the world of business and in branding relationships is where it's at you know you always want to reach out you always want to talk to somebody new you always want to connect with people who you uh probably talk to online maybe you may have met them on linkedin and you have never actually had an actual conversation with them in person so the purpose of that purpose of that was to really connect people with people and allow like-minded individuals to have discussions around things that has to do with their business and have to do with their brand So, with that being said, I got to the point where I said, you know, I really have to, I need to find a way to do what I have to do without burning myself out. Right. Because I was doing a lot, and compared to the effort I was putting out, I wasn't seeing the return coming in. You wasn't seeing the return. Yes. So, as a business person, sometimes, you know, you go through periods where you're looking for that breakthrough, and... Over the last couple of months, because I have reworked things, I am very much at the place where the breakthrough is imminent, right? So, which is why I felt compelled to actually have a chat with you and let people know what's been going on. All right. So, um, last night, let me just, let me start with the end first and then I'll take you back. So last night, which is whenever you're listening to this podcast last night would have been April 25th, 2018. Um, I actually had my first webinar. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And uh, it, really, it really was a, a moment that I was able to really work up to because I had been racking my brain. How do I brand issues? As much as people know me, how do I really start to change and monetize this in a huge way? Monetize it, what? The knowledge that you have? Monetize the knowledge that I have in a huge way. Because, I mean, it's coming one, one, one. But how do I really reach people? How do I really scale this business because with branding and with people getting to know you it's one thing for everybody to know you but it's another thing to be able to serve all these people right and how do you do it smartly and how do you do it in such a way that you can give people high quality quality is not lost 
at the same time, you could reach a number, a large number of people. So within the last couple of months, I actually launched my website, which I had been working on for some time. And I think a lot of us go through this where we launch our website and then the actual website doesn't really do anything for us. Yeah. And I was determined for that not to be the case with me. Particularly in the Caribbean, uh, where we find that e-commerce itself is a, is a bit of a challenge. We tend to have the mindset that, okay, we will try to work around that or continue to facilitate payments and other, other activities offline, even though we have a presence online. But of course, there are ways to get around those things, but it requires you to take the time and look into those things. Some people just make the assumption that it's not available. However, I also understand that a website is almost like a key to the door of a portal that you hold because a website does, does much more for you than process payment. It could be your entire world online. That's right. You know, and I wanted to be able to implement that and show people that this is what your website could do. So, with that being said, I actually revamped the entire website. So you guys could go and take a look at www.jbannisterbranding.com. And it's a place where I now have my community, where persons who are interested in revamping their brand and changing things about their business, improving strategies and growing their business to the point where they can live on it. You know, it's not just like a, a side thing or it's not just something that you do when you have time. But restructuring things in such a way so that it works for you as opposed to you working for it, so to speak. So I am actually able to host webinars now. You know, everybody does Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives, which are great and they have their place. But it's so much nicer to have your own piece of the internet where you have your audience exclusively. And it's not just you hoping to have an audience of people who may be on live, but you know they are coming there just to see you. I think that is one of the results of really putting a brand out there because you can actually have people directly come to see you. They make an effort to come. It's almost like you invite them to a party and they get dressed and they decide to come to your party as opposed to like, wow, that's a party over there. Let me just go and see what's going on, you know? So you direct them directly to your content. To my content, right? To my content and to exclusive content that is only available to them. Because becoming part of my community means that you get to get all my experiences and you get to have a sense of all my experience and uh, all my knowledge. And then I can pass that on to you. And of course, that is just the start of other amazing things. So with that being said, I also want to announce really, really, really something really exciting. I took all of the knowledge I had and actually put it into a school called the J. Bannister Branding Academy. Yay! Yay! Can I get a round of applause? <laughs> and it's something I've been working on for some time because I said to myself, one of the things that as a consultant you experience is that people tend to believe that you are out of reach in terms of price. They can't afford you. So many times they try to do it on their own or they don't even take the time to ask you What's the price? Because in their mind, they can't afford it, right? Can they afford it, though? I'm sure they can. Now, if they would change their mindset from viewing spending on a consultant from an expense and investment, their whole perspective of the thing will change, right? Because if you have to, uh, let's just say, for example, you want to educate yourself, you want to learn something, right? You're going to invest in a school. You're not going to say, okay, this school is an expense. But in your mind, you see that as an opportunity to 
have another tool in your toolkit to help you grow and to help you earn more, whether it's earn more, meet new people, access new opportunities. So if you view it as an investment as opposed to an expense, I think, yeah, you will afford it. You will afford anything you want to afford as long as you view it from the right perspective, right? So what I want to do is change people's perspective with regard to accessing knowledge from somebody else because the great thing about accessing knowledge from somebody else is because they have actually experienced those things. They have tacit knowledge. So they can tell you about all the nuances of an experience that a book may not necessarily have, which is why I love to be able to share information. And I've designed the academy in such a way that I could share experiences I have had coupled with the training and the knowledge that I have actually gone through. And in essence, that is what a consultant does. They give you their experience, they give you their knowledge, they give you their training. So it's not just, well, I'll give you these books to read or I'll give you these papers to review. No. They hold your hand. They hold your hand. Now, while the academy itself, courses are made up of lectures and they're made up of other resource material, there are fora. So there is a forum on the on each lecture, you could actually discuss the topic. Wait, fora? Is it plural forum? Yes. It's not forums? No. Like uh, aquarium. Aquaria. I'm in school already. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so they can discuss the topic on each lecture. There's a blog where we could talk about issues with regard to the, the course. And I've also created a private Facebook group for my students who join my school. Right? So there are different ways and different places where we could actually discuss things. So once you're in school, you can discuss with other students. Once you join my private Facebook group, you can actually discuss with other people. Is this private group another cost? No, it's always a resource in addition to the school. Okay, so a package. It's a package. So the thing is, the school is a gateway for you to learn. But everything else is a community. Because for me, it's about relationship building, networking, and community. Because building a brand isn't done in a vacuum. It's not done on your own by yourself. You do it because you want to engage people. So what better way to do that than learning to engage with others while you learn? So that's the most important thing. So the J. Bannister Branding Academy is a resource for people for them to understand two things mainly. How to brand themselves and their business and how to take that business and prepare themselves to, to scale to size so that they can accommodate all these new customers they're going to get when they actually work on their brand. Okay, great. So you've essentially expanded your own branding ecosystem to include a website and a school. I have, I have, and I'm, I'm able to scale my operation so that I could help a lot more people. So people in Trinidad and Tobago, people in the Caribbean, people in any part of the world who are interested in growing their business and they feel as though they are clueless. So right now on my school, there is a course called Invisible to Influential, which is designed to help solopreneurs and other people working on their own and in small teams to design branding strategies and design business strategies to take them from being invisible to being much more influential than they are. All right, so because this podcast likes to be practical, I don't need to give away the whole school, don't give away the whole class. Yes. You know, so if you have six bullet points, just give us the first two. So people know how to get started. Okay, so there are actually six lectures in this in, this, right. in this course. So you actually hit the nail on the head. So the first lecture is going to look at your personal brand and how 
you build that and what is involved in building a personal brand and what is that made of actually, right? Let me give you some topics what the course covers. We talk about strategy, we talk about mindset, we talk about tactics, we talk about risk management, we talk about crisis communication, and we talk about putting everything together to ensure that you actually have a strategy that, that is suitable for your business. Because every business is different and not every business requires you to, let's say, have a big event or not every business requires you to sponsor something with cash. You know, so every every business is unique and every business has strengths, whether it's their financial position, whether it's their, their systems that they've built out and they are able to leverage those things in different ways. So... The ideal thing is really to help you not just build your branding strategy, but to understand how that plays a role or how that actually filters back into the larger picture of what you want for your entire company. Okay, great. So I was looking at your webinar last night and congratulations again. Thank Very you. well done. And so this web- webinar last night was on sponsorship and how to get sponsorship for your business, right? Yes. And you mentioned that the sponsorship environment, the sponsorship business environment changed a lot yes. over the past three years from when you were doing it. Yeah. From a sponsor manager level. Yes. At um, one of a one of Trinidad's largest insurance companies. Yes. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Sure. In terms of uh, managing sponsorships, there are usual things people tend to look for. The main thing as as I mentioned last night is that sponsors want access to people. Because a sponsorship is not charity nor is it an investment in your business. It's a contractual arrangement where you give a certain amount of access to some to people in exchange for cash or in exchange for some sort of product. Now, in the last three years in particular, companies I've found have started looking, I wouldn't say looking less, but have started looking at the, the bigger picture from the point of view of data and of getting data on people. Data is like the new oil. Absolutely. But it's on my friend Elena. <laughs> yes, it is, right? And I mean, I'm sure you guys have been in tune with the Facebook Analytica scandal and how much giving away people's data has been a problem. Right. Um, we've even seen Mark Zuckerberg reach as fast Congress to defend his position and his company. Um, so data is what companies need. Email addresses phone numbers, names, and usually they tend to go for email addresses because it is a more um, latent way of reaching people. So it's not too intrusive, but at the same time, because you would have given it up to a particular company or brand, you are aware that you will actually receive certain things from them or from their affiliates. You understand that that is the trade-off when you do, in fact, give up your contact information. And with regard to that, you know, they're actually able to reach a whole new crowd of people, you know. So data is where it's at. A lot of companies want that. So if you are a business and you are not collecting data on your clients, you are already three three to five years behind the curve. So because the reality is more and more people are looking for measurable ways because branding and marketing has notoriously been a, a field where people always refer to it as being immeasurable. How do you measure how people feel? How do you measure how much influence you have? You know, how do you measure tone in terms of the pulse on the ground of what people think? Those things are becoming increasingly hard to measure. 
However, when you actually have data on people and you have email addresses or you have social media handles where you could tap into people, you could track things like hashtags, you could track things like email opens, it becomes much easier for them to get a sense of, okay, we are able to tap into 10% of this email list, 30%, or they could test what types of emails open versus what remain closed. They could test, uh, they could have a sense of how many emails actually go into spam. So there are hard things, hard data numbers that they're able to assess to get a sense of how far their message is actually reaching to determine whether or not the sponsorship is in fact worthwhile. So how how do we go about collecting that data? I mean, as I know we could do, for our websites, we could do landing pages. Yeah. But how else do we go about collecting data? Uh, well, uh, for companies who are interested in collecting data, well, I mean, the landing pages, one of the ways, but people collect data at events, at trade shows. People ask people to trade in their, let's say, email address for competition. Uh, you collect it. Oh, my gosh. So many ways, Kevin. You collect it with uh, any way that there's, a, there's an incentive to give up your email address people tend to do it. So if you enroll in some sort of free course, enroll in some sort of program, or you sign up with your number via WhatsApp for some other... So for example, just the other day, I signed up for a webinar online, and um, I put in my phone number, and somebody WhatsApped me from Poland to ask me... From Poland? Yes. Because the, the guy who was hosting the webinar, I can't remember his name now, but he had an office in England and he had an office in Poland. So his assistant, who WhatsApp me, because she WhatsApp me like 5 a.m. and I was a little bit confused as to why would somebody send me a message at that hour. Um, so I asked her where she is and that's when she, she told. I know, as a matter of fact, she was in England. She said there's an office in Poland. So she was working with her hours. I'm assuming that she probably didn't Google my number to see what part of the world mm-hmm. my, uh, my country code was from. But the point is that that is an example of how they use my data to reach me and they reach me directly. So I was able to tell her, well, I want to join the webinar. Yes, I signed up, but I actually have another webinar to look at that day. So I wasn't able to look at it. So she got a clear sense immediately of whether or not I placed importance on their message. So that is what data does for you. It puts you ahead of the curve. And if you are able to do that with your clients, it would definitely boost your chance of getting that sponsorship. Funding. All right. I guess my final question. So in my past discussions with you and I guess on your webinar last night, you stressed the importance of social media engagement and especially being consistent. Yeah. Now, I think that was very interesting. I think many people may not know exactly what I mean by that. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of people might post once every two weeks and might yeah. post once something exciting happens yes. or whatever. They just think, all right, I'll put out great content. Yeah. People will come. But how do we be consistent? And how do we be consistent without being annoying, for lack of a better word? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, well, remember when you think of social media, right? It's, it's social. It's kind of like a friend, right? You know your friends. There are some friends you check in with every day. There are some friends you only see once a week. There are some friends you speak to every couple of months, right? And that should give you some sense of if you measure your social media relationship with your fans or with your followers, like a friend, you would know who you're closest to. Are you close to the friend who you speak to every day? Or are you close to the friend you speak with every few months? And how would you engage and interact with those two people? 
So being consistent means that you put yourself in a position to be much closer to your fan base and put yourself in a position to be able to have a lot more influence because you are always there with them. You're always there with them. The world of social media and digital media changes so fast. When you're inconsistent, you don't just lose some visibility. You lose all visibility. All? Yeah, you do. You do. Your engagement goes down to almost nil, right? So unlike that friend that you might understand that, you know, they may be busy and it's okay. You could reconnect with them three months from now and it's like you pick up where you left off. When it comes to social media, it's, it's hard to rebuild that engagement once you are not consistent, right? So remaining consistent is a matter of discipline and planning and... Just oh my God, this dog. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> so remaining consistent is a matter of discipline and planning. It's just like if you have to organize the rest of your life or you have to organize your day or you have to organize your schedule. How do you remain consistent if you have to go to the gym or work out or lose weight? Discipline and planning. So you don't scramble to put a meal together, but you plan your meals. You, you're disciplined and you wake up every morning or every afternoon at five pack your bags, go to the gym, be disciplined, and plan your business. Wow. So essentially, you have to post every day. Yes, you do. I mean, I don't know how many of you follow Gary Vee. And Kevin, you and I had this discussion before well, about Gary you know Gary I love v. Gary Vee. Right? And, and I told you about the keynote. I, I saw him um, post, or was it some sort of video, where he made a decision that he was going to improve his visibility. 18 months ago, probably 19 months by now, And he decided that he is going to up his social media presence. And to be very honest with you, if you don't, if you're in the world of entrepreneurship or business or you're an avid user of LinkedIn or any social media platform, to be quite honest, and you don't, and you haven't seen something from Gary Vee, you're probably asleep or you're probably really not, you don't use your phone often because Gary Vee is everywhere. And Gary V's engagement is so high that even if I don't see it posted from Gary himself, I'm guaranteed to see somebody else repost Gary's content on my timeline. And that is the kind of virality and that's the kind of engagement that you're looking for. Gary is now more than a million followers on LinkedIn alone. And I'm sure his other platforms have a lot of followers. I don't really follow him anywhere else, but he repurposes his information for different platforms. So I'm sure he's everywhere. Alright, so Gary is huge, but remember, Gary is also rich, and Gary also has a big team around him. He has yes. a whole content creation and content yeah. distribution team. Yes. Right. So he has the luxury of doing that. What about us who we have a business? Yes, but we also have a full time job. We also have other projects to do. How do we not only conceptualize or kind of find that content yes. to put up, but how do we make make sure it's of a quality of a quality production wise, and how do we keep doing it? Every day, Jamila. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. It's 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 always that question. Oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. It's too much. How, how do I do it? I know, I know. But the beautiful thing about technology is that there are many tools to help you organize your social media content, help you automate, um, which is the beautiful thing about technology. So you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, how am I going to afford this? And how am I going to be doing this every day? It's such a burden. And coming up with content is a matter of strategy, which is something I cover in the course. And um, coming up with ways to do it is also a matter of planning. And first of all, yeah, because you have to determine there's a start point. You don't just come up with 
content. You have to know what you're, what you're going to talk about. You have to know why you're doing it in the first place. Right? So once you figure out those two things, coming up with the content is it's like gravy. Because you are a whole person and you have lots of things going on. Lots of things going on. And as long as you are an entrepreneur and you are building out your process alone. Because if you, for example, again, just a reference, Gary. A lot of the things he posts isn't about his business, so to speak. It really is about his experiences and his his charisma actually drives his social presence. He talks about overcoming struggles. He talks about pushing past boundaries and barriers. He, he talks about not making excuses. So a lot of those things are things people love to hear. So they tune into him. It's not necessarily about what's going on in Vena Media. He talks about his products from time to time for sure. But pushing past certain things so your own experiences will probably drive your content a lot of the time, especially if you're an entrepreneur, quite apart from the actual thing that you do. So tools, planning, strategy. That's how you get it done. All right. There you have it. Podcast will Quick Bite Saturday. If you want more from Jamila, log on to jbannisterbranding.com. And I just want to make one quick announcement. I'm also running a social media content generation course this course will actually be free for a limited period of time so (laughs) so if you have trouble oh my gosh coming up with all your social media content and you're worried about how you're going to do it and you can't afford jamila and it can't afford me uh well it can't afford me coming to you and holding your hand literally you can definitely log on to the course soon enough the, the course will be closed off and it will come at a price but right now it is open for you Follow me on social media, on my Instagram, jb underscore branding, on Facebook at jb underscore branding, and definitely check me out and add me on LinkedIn. I look forward to chatting with you. All right. Podcast will there you have it. Content creation for beginners. Yes. Wednesday, May 2nd. Yes. And Invisible to Influencer, which opens April 27th. Congratulations, Jamila. Thank you. Podcast will Cabin Studios, we are out.